Welcome to the podcast, Yarning Up About STEM. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands in which this podcast was recorded and the lands of where listeners are tuning in from. My name is Ren Perkins. I'm a Kondamooka man and Indigenous Postdoctoral Fellow at the University of Queensland. This podcast is part of a project called Big Mob STEM It Up, which informs Australia's Women in STEM Ambassador and the Pathway to Diversity in STEM Review. Listen to mob who are trailblazing in diverse STEM fields. I'd like to start off with acknowledging that I'm on Wajak Noongar land today and I'd pay my respects to the traditional owners of this country and acknowledge their elders past and present, but also acknowledge the country wherever you are listening into from today. I'm here today with Noel. Noel, can you please share with us who you are, who's your mob and where you're from? Nice to be here. Uh, yes, so my name is Noel Taylor. I'm from the Pilbara region of uh, northwest uh, Western Australia. And uh, my mob, uh, well, from my father's side of the group, is called the Nyamul. And because in our culture over here, we follow our mother's uh, bloodline. So I'm a Nyibali man from the Pilbara. What is your current role and where do you work? Current role is a Ranger Project Officer with the Kalkra Nibali Aboriginal Corporation and our office is based in Port Hedland. Uh, but most of our work is done in our native title boundary area, which is uh, in the Newman section. Uh, so and we have surrounding mine sites of Christmas Creek, Collaborate, Roy Hill, and just on the outskirts of some BHP tenement. So just to give people who might be listening an idea of how big an area that is, how big an area is that that you cover? <laughs> it's probably one of the biggest native title land masses in Western Australia. So especially in the Pilbara, I think we are the biggest, maybe the second biggest, but that it stretches over like over 400 kilometres east to west, wow. same north to south. That's a big area. That's a long walk. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they give you good shoes, brother. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. Yeah, nice and comfy. Your role, Noel, is it an identified position? It is, yes. Spoke a bit before about STEM, yeah, science, technology, engineering and maths. So how does your role draw on those STEM skills? Luckily for me, I've only just started the role. Yep. But uh, going back into previous jobs, especially with all the STEM projects that I worked with in mining, uh, especially the technology side, more the science as well, leading into pastoral agriculture, leading into the ranger program, now looking after country. You know, that's science in itself. Exactly. Uh, but using technology that we use today to protect the land, especially using drones. Yeah. So we have drones that we now use to fly fly over the country and uh, record vegetation. See, for me, that's a really exciting part of the work that you're doing, that you, you utilising the, the technology of the drones. Yeah. So that work that you do, really exciting. How do you see STEM used in your family and in your community? Culturally, it's been intergenerational. Yes. It's, nothing's changed. Exactly. Uh, indigenous science, you know, we, we lived with it for a very long time. We could be biologists, we could be any scientist in the world, we could be astronomers. Yes. So using those skills into the roles that I play now, so especially going through education to schooling, it was pretty tricky because I had to understand the Western curriculum. Uh, you're trying to use my cultural knowledge in the Western system uh, didn't give me the right grades, but 
I had the understanding of what the STEM focus on the STEM projects, just so I can pass my high school degree pretty much. On on knowledge that you already had. Well, that's it. Yeah. So you know, if I can make a boomerang and make it come back, there's physics. Exactly. So, how do you make a comeback? It's a technique. <laughs> so just just exactly the way the plane works. Once the spoiler goes down, it turns the airplane. Uh, it must be my wrist work. No, it's not that. It, it's actually the way it's designed. One side has to be flat. One side has to be round, and forty-five degree angle, straight out the wind. That's our knowledge. That's the knowledge. <laughs> so, how was your education experience? in preparing you for your career? Grew up in a small country town. The schooling we did wasn't educational-wise, wasn't helping in a way. Yeah. So my mum sent me to Perth, and which was a huge culture shock. So, wow. So I didn't understand English as much. Luckily for me, I had great leaders, great teachers in the school that I went to. They focused on me, which is probably one of the best things, and if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be where I'm standing today. Good teachers. Great teachers. Excellent. At home in your community, then in Perth, what were some of the highlights of your education? The first in the family to graduate high school. Congratulations, That was probably the the biggest one. So I was the first out of both sides of the family. Wow. That's amazing. It's a dad's side, mum's side. I was the first to graduate. Tried TAFE out and then thought, oh, it's probably not my, my part. So I tried with the uni. Yes. But then I thought, oh, I, I like hands-on. Mm-hmm. Culturally, that's how we learn. So that's just, right. Yeah, just sitting in the classroom, listening to people talk. <laughs> <laughs> Culturally, we fall asleep with that. Uh, that's why it's always hands-on. Yes. The best way to learn. Probably the only way to learn. Well, that's it. Did your formal education, especially around STEM, did that clash in any way with your culture or your beliefs? No, so for me, it's probably helped in a way to understand both sides of the cultures. Yes. Growing up in that cultural side of things, coming into that Western system, there's similarities. It's just educated differently. Yeah. That's the only difference, I reckon. That would be good if you know both systems could learn off each other. Oh, yeah. Not one dominating over the other. Yeah, if you want to make this world better, work with the people. Because if you think about it, we've been trying to care for this land, well, especially the Pilbara, we've been recorded 45,000 years of occupying and protecting the land, so get us involved and we'll help you. When are you running for Prime Minister? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it a go if you want. <clears throat> well, you got my vote. <laughs> you spoke about um, your school, where you're at at the moment, and you spoke about you know some of those deadly teachers you had in Perth. Who and what inspired you most in your career journey? For me, that'd be my grandmother. So Yes. So Nan, uh, so she's recently passed now, but uh, she was our my main focus and pushed me to further my career. She saw me from a little young fellow, you know, hardly speaking English, coming into now one of the best spoken English in the family, partially translated for my family today, so which is good. The compliments that I've done, it's because of her. And yeah, if it wasn't for her, I would... I don't know which direction I would have went into. We, we call it a cultural discipline. Our old people led the way and mm. make us who we are today. That's it. Did you, and, and what barriers did you face in your um, your career journey? Luckily for me, I'm, I'm an open book, so I didn't find much barriers. Probably when I joined mining, that's probably the, 
the only barrier that I had. Uh, once I started mining, I had family go against me, only, only because of the land moving and uh, yes, uh, dig, digging up the rocks, sending them out. To, and in our culture, the old people always say the rocks, uh, one of the old ancient rocks in the world has been shipped off and now uh, you're helping them. So it did affect me in some point, but that's tough. I'm, I'm back on country now and yes. I'm, I'm now looking after it. You mentioned uh, learning or having to learn English um, when you came to Perth. Did you find that a bit of a challenge? Uh, well, luckily for me, so we stayed in town. Yep. So I had some school friends that, so I just eavesdropped, listening, okay. picking up on some words. It was easy for me to understand English. Okay. At some points, I just didn't know how to speak it. I'd always be the quiet, shy, shy kid in the back. It's easy once you get the hang of it. So once you get that tongue in that right spot and it's easy to speak i'm just wondering i'm not a psychologist but was the the shyness about once that kind of uh mastered being able to speak english did that shyness then because you seem really confident yep that that it's was gone, part of it the gone, language gone out the window yep yeah. and it's a cultural thing if you're not used to a certain area a certain language out of respect we stay quiet yes because if we say something might be out of place, might be in the wrong context. Correct. And then it might offend somebody. That's what I'm thinking. Be a lot of our young people in classrooms who teachers may think are being quiet. Mm. And it just may be that lack of confidence in speaking English. Yeah. Well, teachers today should know that Indigenous people, if they're acting quiet and shy, that's a cultural background yes. of respect. Yes. So hopefully they're teaching that in the curriculum today. Or but teaching the teachers. They're our leaders today. <laughs> so that's, a, that's what it, that's what should be happening yeah that's what should be happening Noel so vote for me Prime Minister yeah vote one <laughs> Noel that's it how do you think if you could have been is there things that you could have been better supported um, through your journey and through the, some of those challenges well I've always wanted to be a pilot a commercial pilot wow and support wise if I knew that I had to go to certain schools do certain subjects I would have studied those, but yeah, they kept me on the mainstream subjects uh, because of my literacy at the time. My numeracy wasn't as good, but I understood numbers. Yes. When it comes to numbers, I'm a freak. I can just remember numbers off by heart. It's shocking. Wow. People say, I don't know how you do it. I say, well, my literacy was bad, but numeracy was good. Because some, some part of the brain had to work. <laughs> so, yeah, but hey. That's a good side to work. Yeah, for me, it was just knowing what subjects. So, you know, if you had the right leaders to tell you, you know, if this is your dream, what if this, yeah. this is your pathway, this is what you should be working to. And you could have been doing that. Oh, it could be a pilot right now. Yeah. So I'm actually in training. I was going to say is never say never. Yeah, well, people always say, I had a mate of mine say that, oh, you're getting old. I said, that's nothing, mate. It's called wise and wisdom. Yeah. I said, age is nothing. It's just a number. That's right. And I think, you know, your dreams don't age. Good luck, brother. That's it. Thank you. I could be your pilot one day, so we'll see what happens. So pilot first and prime minister? Yeah, I've got to have a good resume <laughs> <laughs> to get into it. <laughs> How would you describe your your recruitment into what you're currently doing now? The only thing that I had back, back of me was my cultural knowledge, like the ranger programs and going into like this biodiversity sort of biology, agriculture, never done any of that. I didn't even know what agriculture meant 
last year and I thought, oh, okay, now I know what this is. Yes. I'm now working yes. as an agriculturalist, <laughs> but I didn't even know it. So for me, it's it's all about understanding. So now, now that I understand, it's, I always put my mind to it. it. Everything's easy to do. Never say it's hard. No. Because yeah, once you start putting barriers in your head, you're going to start stopping yourself. And as people say, you're the only person that can stop yourself. And for me, Noel, it is around language because a lot of those things you were saying that we've always done, mm. we now put an English word on it, like agriculture. Mm. But we've always done those things. Yeah, agriculture. Um, be a lot of names in my language to translate that to. Exactly. We could say Murubaba Murugari, which means caring for country. Yes. What have been the highlights of your career so far? The stakeholder work that I did before, that led me into caring for land because I moved away from the operating side of the mining, uh, moved into different departments. I was more of a community development officer. Yeah. So not only looking after Indigenous employees on site, we were out making sure the heritage sites were looked after, making sure pastoralists weren't interfering with any of the sacred areas. So that, that was pretty much one of my biggest highlights. So that actually got me into applying for this ranger job. And yeah, luckily for me, they gave me the call and said, you're the right person for the job. And here you are. That's it. You, you mentioned your grandmother before, but you also mentioned that you're the first person to you know, graduate through school from both sides of the family. Yep. How have role models influenced your career? So Nan was more of the educational push hard. You, know, you better get to school. You know, cause <laughs> she, she, saw, she saw the vision. She said, you know, she even said to us as kids, one day, you know, Aboriginal culture, you know, the, the land will always be there. But the way the country's working, the world's working, you need to learn this culture. So she pushed me into Western law. She said, you don't have to live it if you don't want to, but you can understand it. Um, so she was one of my big role models. My mum, probably the next big role model, uh, she pretty much sacrificed mother's law the mother who has to stay with her kids. Yes. She, she was the one that actually broke protocol and pushed me to Perth into Ngapudja, is what they call it down here. Yes. So for myself, being a new really man in the Pilbara, I was actually living and being educated in, in another person's country, which is in our culture that's disrespectful unless you get a welcome to country. Yes. So, so my role model's actually probably done the best things today. And uh, lucky last is my uncle who was more of that father figure. So my mum's little brother. So yes. he, he stepped in, took me in. Uh, he, he's got his own company. So without him, I wouldn't have got the educational background as well. So he was that role model that got me into doing a cultural awarenesses and you know, give, giving speeches to mining companies about the culture still strong, it's still there. Uh, please respect. We, you know, depending on your beliefs, we don't want... You know, we don't want to say, no, it's not believing, it is believing. We want, we just want respect and understanding. If you can understand and respect, then you believe in something. So that's what I tell people. Sounds to me, Noel, you had the three best role models. Yeah. Probably top three. Yep. Yep. Definitely top three. You mentioned that you're in a, an identified role. How have Indigenous initiatives influenced your, your career? I remember having this one, I think, I think they used to call them liaison officers. Yes. So we had one guy in the school that I went to and he had this connection with all Indigenous kids. And as soon as 
the Pilbara kids came to the school, he just switched into that Pilbara sense. So he pretty much coat switched from his southern, southwest culture and welcomed us like he was from Headland. Wow. So he was probably one of my biggest influences. Uh, other than that, it was a school teacher who is now a principal, I think. Mm. He's, got a, he's got a European background, I, I think. He was probably being indigenous to his country. Okay. Coming in, teaching, or becoming a principal. Yes. So not only having that sense of coming from another country and leading a, a school as an indigenous person from another area... Indigenous kids in the school looked at him and looked up to him. Looked up to him, yeah. Yeah, and thought, you know, we can be principals. Mm. Most of the schools I went to, especially up in north, it was all Western based. Yes. There was no multiculturalism. So, about, yeah, once I got to Perth, the multiculturalism was big. And it was good and diverse because we had, if I have to give you a number out of all the teachers, I reckon 10 of them would have been Western, yeah. English or Irish or some type of no doubt. Western bloodline. The rest was all. Multicultured. As you said, great for you to see as role models. Yeah. I think the overall project is to, um, we want to increase Indigenous people's participation in STEM. What are some recommendations that you would have or that you would make as Prime Minister? As Prime Minister. <laughs> yeah. So uh, when people talk about STEM, it's it's hard for kids to understand what that is. Yes. So I'd, I'd take it back down a level, make it more mainstream language. You know, uh, plain English is what I call it. Yes. So explain to them that, you know, explain what STEM is and say, look, it's like science. It's like you going out bush looking for, you know, tracking something. And ex- explain in a way, so saying what you're tracking is when you go to school, you do that same tracking. When you finish that school, you find that goanna and then at the end of this education progress, that goanna is the quarter high school degree. In got the language got, they know. In the language they know. So and that's what I tell everyone. Uh, it's you got to understand that we are all different worldwide. Everybody's different. So if you want to make people comfortable with STEM, speak their language. Yeah, totally agree. If uh, you know, you're just having a yarn with a you know, mob with an Indigenous person, what advice would you give them if they're interested in getting into STEM? I'd actually tell them, look at me. Yeah. That's my advice. I said, I'll, I'll give them my background. I'll tell them where I started. I was always that kid in the in the classroom that you know, didn't get the interaction from the teachers as much in primary school until I got to Perth and I showed them that you know, if I can do it, anybody can. Thank you so much, Noel. It was a pleasure, a uh, real honour to hear your yarn and your story. Thanks for sharing with us. No worries. <laughs>